Church, we are continuing in our sermon series entitled True Virtue, and, and today we're, we're going to be talking about honor in, in a world that we live in. You know, church, we truly live in a world where everyone is quick to judge, are they not? They're quick to judge, they're quick to criticize, they're uh, quick to condemn and to cancel anyone who offends us whatsoever. You know, in John chapter 1, verse 14, it's that verse you've heard every single week this month, and it says this, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father full of grace and truth. Church, we live in a world, in an age, I should say, of perpetual offense. You know, we cancel politicians. You know, you hear that word a lot these days where we, we cancel politicians, we, we cancel athletes, we cancel business leaders. You know, basically a lot of people who are very well-known and popular, but now it seems like in today's society, we're, we're, we're even canceling like a school teacher that your child has that says something that we don't like. Or, or it could be somebody that you work with, you want to cancel them out of your lives. It could be a friend on social media that disagrees with you, and so all of a sudden you're going to write them out of your life. And man, it, it doesn't take much in this world. It, it could be a, a misstatement. It, it could be a misunderstanding, right? It, it, it could be something very intentional, yet very stupid on somebody's part. It could be something you said or did 10 years ago. And there could even be a person, church, that has, I'm talking long-standing integrity, but with, with one moment of foolishness or even a, a moment of sinfulness, we just want to completely write them off. Man, we see it in friends. We see it in families, don't we? We really do. We see it in families. We see families that won't speak to each other anymore because they don't like the way that somebody voted. We, we will see people who will not... Uh, handle certain family members a certain way because of maybe who you follow on social media. We will see people cancel their own family because of a disagreement they had on one single issue. And so what people typically do today is they distance themselves, completely distance themselves from someone. And it doesn't even have to be something big either, does it? It can be like, I don't even like the way that you're looking at me. It could be that simple. But you know what? We live in a world of perpetual offense. We really do. And, and if you live your life in continuous search of being offended, I promise you this, you will always, always find what you're looking for. You will always find a reason to be offended. And we live in a culture, man, we live in a culture that, that is always looking to be offended. We live in a culture that's always looking to be angry or, or looking to dishonor someone. And, and we are called, church, listen to me this morning, we are called to, to live a very different life than what this culture tells us to live. So today what we're going to do is we're going to start in Romans chapter 12, verse 10, as we're looking at a different virtue. We're going to be looking at honor this week. And in Romans chapter 12, verse 10, it says this, be devoted to one another in love, honor one another above yourselves. I want you to hear that second part of that verse, honor one another above yourselves. We are called to show honor, church, to someone even above the way that we would even honor our own selves. We're called to honor them in that way. And so how I ask you this morning, church, how are we doing with this? How are we doing this with this? How are we doing in the culture that we live in trying to honor people above ourselves? 
Are we doing that? You know, today we're going to be, we're going to be talking about one of the most important virtues, my opinion, most important virtues, and I believe it really and truly matters to God, and, and since it matters so much to God, church, it should matter to us. In our main text today, it's going to come from Mark chapter 6, so if you'll we'll turn to Mark chapter 6, and I want to give you a little bit of background about this chapter of Mark chapter 6, and say so Jesus had done a couple really big miracles. I'm, I'm talking about like the wow kind of miracles. And it was pretty powerful what it is that he did. See, he healed a woman, the Bible tells us, that had an issue with bleeding for 12 years. So he miraculously brought healing to her life. And even more incredible, what else he did is there was this little girl who passed away. She died. I'm talking she was physically dead. And by the power of his spoken word, he raised this little girl from the dead. And so now Jesus was now going into his hometown, not his birthplace, but where he was raised, his hometown. And he goes into his hometown in Nazareth, and the people there, they were looking for the Messiah. You know, back then, they didn't have social media. There was no news. There wasn't pictures of people being splashed all over the place. They heard the Messiah was coming. They heard he was doing amazing miracles, things that people couldn't even fathom was happening because the Messiah was coming. And so they're kind of like, where is he? And so Jesus comes in, church, as the Messiah to his hometown, and they look right past him. They looked right past him. They didn't show him honor. And as a matter of fact, in Mark chapter 6, we're going to look at this. They showed him exactly opposite. So if you'll turn with me to Mark chapter 6, verse 1, it says this, Jesus left that part of the country, and he returned with his disciples to Nazareth, his hometown. The next Sabbath, he began teaching in the synagogue, and, and many who heard him were amazed. They asked, where did he get all this wisdom and the power to perform such miracles? Then they scoffed. He's just a carpenter. So I want to stop right there for a minute. So, say, so here he comes into town, and they're all remembering. Now they see who it is. They remember he was like, yeah, that's that dude that made your end tables at your house. He's not the Messiah. He's not the one that we've been thinking for. They scoffed at him, and it says he's just a carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon, and his sisters live right here among us. They were deeply offended, and they refused to believe in him. Then Jesus told them, a prophet is honored everywhere except in his own hometown and among his relatives and his own family. So church right there, it shows us that Jesus, as he comes into Nazareth, he was without honor. He was without honor. He was without honor in his hometown. I'm talking about his friends. I'm talking about his relatives, right? Jesus was without honor. They weren't showing it to him. And so what is the difference between showing honor and withholding honor? I want you to think about that for a minute. What is the difference between that? I want to show you a couple of, of Greek words that you can find in the Bible, that very plain and simple, they're in there. And there's two of them I want to show you today. And atomos, it's a Greek word. It means dishonor, to treat as common, to treat as ordinary. That's what that means. And, and, and so, like, there's nothing special about you. That's basically what that means. There's no reason to treasure you, or, or I shouldn't say anything good about you. I shouldn't expect anything good from you, you are simply ordinary, you are common, and that word is translated that way. And then there's the word that is translated as honor from the Greek. And it looks like time, but it's timae. 
And it's Greek. In the definition of that, it's value, respect, and highly esteemed. That's what it is. Value, respected, and highly esteemed. And so it's basically to treat them as being precious, right, or weighty, or, or valuable. There, there, there's something about them. So what is it that honor does for us, church? Here's what honor does. Honor esteems. Honor cherishes. It values. It builds up, right? It encourages. It believes the best in someone. That's what honor does. And what does dishonor do? Here's what dishonor does. Dishonor, on the other hand, treats us as common. It treats us as common. It, it, it tears down. It belittles. It criticizes. It devalues, right? It, it assumes the worst. You know, it, it's kind of like this. Like, when a, when a guy starts dating a girl, when a guy starts showing interest in a girl, a young man does this. I remember these feelings very, very vividly. They're kind of like, you know, they see the girl they like, and they go up and talk to her, and like, ooh, man, she smells good. Right? Thank goodness she smells good. And they're like, man, I like the way she smells. I like the way that she looks. Right? I, I like what she dresses. I like how she wears things. Right? And all those kind of things. That's what a, a young man does. Right? And so what does he do after that? He honors her. He honors her. He opens the door for her. You know, she's getting ready to get in the car. Oh, let me get that for you. He opens the door for her. He honors her by taking her out on a date. Man, and he knows what she likes. He knows what kind of food she likes. So we're going to go to that kind of restaurant. That's he's honoring her. He gives her compliments all the time. Man, you're beautiful. You're absolutely beautiful. Or, or I like the way you do this, right? He brags on her. And in today's world, right, with social media, right, he, he posts photos of them together, you know, hashtag true love, whatever they want to put on there. That, that's how he honors her. And then one day, they get married. And they get to be settling down, right? He starts to take her for granted. Instead of honoring her, too many times, guys, listen, you better pay attention today. He starts to treat her as ordinary. You know, he, 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 he comes home, you know, kind of has that attitude, like, what'd you do here all day? Kind of one of those things, right? And, and then, you know, he gets more excited to see the dog when he comes in the door than he does his precious bride, right? You know, he, he, he burps real loud, and then he's like, hey, girl, how about me? You liking me? No, man, you're gross. That's what it is. And think about this. Church, pay attention to me this morning. Guys, ladies, listen to me. If you want a special God-honoring marriage, if you want a, a marriage that is God-honoring, that it's special, it's set apart, listen what you do. You honor one another above yourselves. Amen. I'm talking about it's more about them than about you. It's more about what they like and than it is about you. Man, you want a common, everyday, ordinary man marriage? Here's what you do. You treat each other as ordinary. I mean, just there's nothing special there anymore. You treat each other as ordinary because when you do, here's what's going to happen. What was once special becomes very ordinary. And every time, church, every time, it leads to dishonoring one another. We must honor one another. Honor builds up. Dishonor tears down. That's how it works. And so there's a big difference between honor and another word I want to give you today and respect. Think about this. Respect is earned. I always tell people, I'll respect you. You earn it. I will watch you. I'll pay attention to what you're doing. And I will respect you when I see those things. Respect is earned. But here's the way it works opposite of that. Honor is just given. Honor is given. 
It's a posture of your heart. It's the fact you have it in your heart. I wanna honor you. It's that humility, right? And saying this, you know what? God, because of God who you are, and because of your creation, God, you made this person, you made this person. And even if this person is not yet acting in an honorable way, I choose to honor because this is one of the ways, Lord, that I honor you. That's how it works. And then here's what's crazy, absolutely crazy. When you start to give honor to someone, when you start to give honor to someone, when you treat them as special, when you treat them as precious, when you start to build them up and you believe the best in them and encourage it in them, and then often they just start being honorable. I learned with my boys, I would always build them up. Now, I'm not saying that you make stuff up about them, like, oh, you're the greatest, or like, you know, they just did something awful, like, oh, Jimmy, you're so cute and funny. No, that's not the, I'm a firm believer in corporal punishment, okay? Hate me if you want to, I just believe in that. I'm talking about when you see them doing something good, you see things inside of them, you bring them out, you speak them into them. Always, with all three of my boys, I would always tell them, man, you're awesome, man. I like this about you. Here's where you're special. Here's where you're good. You might not see it yet, but it's developing it. God planted those seeds in you. It's beginning to grow. It's coming. You check it out. And that person, in time, they start to develop that virtue. And when you start to build them up and believe in them and encourage them, they become honorable. See, the opposite when you assume the worst when, 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 you, when you constantly are tearing someone down and you tell them over and over again what they're not, when you belittle them and, and you criticize them and when you take them out at the knees, church, think about this. It's so amazing how they start acting even more dishonorable. Why is that? Because this, honor builds up, dishonor tears down. So what do we do as believers Today, I want to give you four different avenues in Scripture where we are told to be honorable, where you and I were told to be honorable and to show honor. And, and so I will show you four different categories in the way we should honor. The very first category is this for you this morning. And this is probably the most important one I believe with all my heart. It is. It's not probably. It is. We are to honor our God. We honor our God. He is our creator. Church, he is our sustainer. He is our provider. He is the one who is more than enough. He's the holy one who spoke every single thing into existence. He is our redeemer, our savior. He's our God. And so how do we honor God? How do we honor God? Scripture gives us a lot, lots of different ways you can honor God. One way you can honor God is with what he gives us. Church, God has given you a lot. Everything that you have comes from the Lord. I'm talking about your talents, your gifts, your abilities. I'm talking about your treasure. Every single thing that you have, God has given that to you, and you honor him with giving it back to him. Man, in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9, it says this to us. It says, honor the Lord with your wealth. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the best part of everything that you produce. The best part of everything that you produce you honor him with that. And too many times, what do we give God? We give him the scraps, the leftovers. Imagine if, if your husband, your wife, your, your mom, someone made this big old plate of brownies. You see him, but you had to go to work or to school. And you're like, man, I can't wait to eat those things when I get home. And you come home. This happens at our house a lot. There's nothing but the crumbs left in the tray. And imagine if they look and you say, hey, I want to give you something. Here, you take this brownie, and you're going, that's nothing but crumbs. 
That's all you think of me? You couldn't even send me a whole brownie? Man, some of you, church, you're giving the Lord crumbs. You are. You're giving him crumbs. You're giving him what's left over from you and your physical abilities. You're giving him what's left over in your gifts. You're giving him what's left over in your treasure. The, the money that God gives you, you're just giving him the leftovers. Man, we're not called to that, church. Everything that we have comes from God, and everything that we are, church, comes from God. It comes from him. And so when God gives us an increase, we honor him by giving back to him through what it is that he's given us. You give back to him. This is an act of honor. This is an act of worship. We honor God also, church, with our bodies. Your body. Your body is the temple, right? Our bodies are holy. They are set apart for his glory. That means there are some places that we don't go, and there are some things that we should not be doing with our bodies that goes against God's word, right? And there are some things that we shouldn't be looking at. Church, there are some things that we, we, we should be doing differently because we are set apart from the rest of the world. You honor God with your bodies. Man, he has called us to be holy, to be set apart with our bodies. We, we should be different, so we honor God with our bodies, but we also honor him, church, with our worship. Listen to me. This is not lip service. I'm talking about this is an overflow of your heart. Man, when you are worshiping the Lord, it's what's in your heart that is coming out. Man, if you don't ever feel a need to worship him, then you really need to check out what's going on in your heart. You gotta check that out. It's an overflow of your heart. He wants to hear this from you. He wants to see this in you. He wants you to worship him. We worship him, church, because of who he is and what he has done. That's how we honor God. We honor him well, church. The second thing that we should be honoring is this. We honor our parents. We honor our parents. Exodus chapter 20, verse 12, it says this. Honor your father and mother, then you will live a long, full life in the land the Lord has given you. You honor your father and mother. Parents right here, listen, one of the hardest jobs you ever have as a parent is raising grown children. It's a difficult task, right? Man, we, we send our kids on their way, and, and I'm, I struggle with this because I'm, I'm that controller. You know what I'm talking about. Some of you guys agree you're the same way. And, and I have to step back and be like, they are men now. They are men. So I will give advice, but I also recognize like sometimes they're going to go do what they're going to do. My advice is good because it comes from the stupidness that I've done in my lifetime. Learn from my mistakes. But, but I, I, I tell them, you know, I see parents, they'll, they'll tell their grown children, this is what you got to do. And they're like, I'm not doing that. Well, you got to honor your father and mother. That's not what that means. Make sure you don't twist that verse around. It comes down to this. We honor our parents. And some of you kids, you're sitting here right now, you're like, my parents are weird. And I, I've been told by my kids I'm weird too. You're weird. I am weird. I know that. All parents are weird. But parents, listen to me. We are not called to be buddies with our children. We're not called to be buddies with our kids. Man, it's nice when you can have a relationship like that, but you got to use it appropriately. You know, there's time with my boys, I'll be your buddy all day long. I will laugh with you. I will wrestle with you. We will have a good time together. We will joke together. But when the rubber hits the road, I'm your dad. I'm your dad. I'm not your best friend. 
I'm your dad first. And, and we teach them because think about this. Parents, we're not called to be buddies with our kids, but we're called to be spiritual, the spiritual authority imparting wisdom into the life that God has given them. That's what it is. We're called to teach them, and we're called to instill what it is that God has showed us. But we're also called to teach them honor in the home. Parents, how many times have you ever told your kid, you're not going to talk to me like that? Man, you got you to hold tight to that. You have to hold tight to that. For your child's sake, when they, man, they're lipping off to you or they're being nasty with you, you will not talk to me like that. You won't talk to me like that because, listen, here's what it is. When they know, when they know how to honor their parents first, they will understand and they will continue to honor others for the rest of their lives. We teach them to honor those around them by the way we make them honor us. Think about this. If you don't teach your kids honor in your home, if you don't teach them to honor you as a parent, then how are your kids going to honor a spouse? How are they going to honor their boss? How are they going to honor those authorities around them? How are they going to honor their school teachers? Because we are raising a generation where we say, oh, my kid just stands up for himself. There's a difference between standing up for yourself and being disrespectful. A big difference. You teach your children to honor, and it will go for a lifetime with them. Think about that. You're robbing them of a blessing if you don't teach them to honor those around them. So we honor God, number one, we honor our parents, and number three is this, we honor those in authority, man. If I haven't stepped on your toes yet, I promise you it's coming right now, okay? Romans chapter 13, I'm gonna read all seven verses to you because it's heavy stuff, right? Romans chapter 13, verse one through seven says this, everyone must submit to the governing authorities for all authority comes from God and those in positions of authority have been placed there by God. There's no accident in anyone's in authority, by the way. God knows. So anyone who rebels against authority is rebelling against what God has instituted, and they will be punished. For the authorities do not strike fear in people who are doing right, but in those who are doing wrong. Would you like to live without fear? The authorities do what is right, and they will honor you. The authorities are God's servants sent for your good, but if you're doing wrong, of course, you should be afraid, for they have the power to punish you. They are God's servants sent for the very purpose of punishing those who do what is wrong. So you must submit to them, not only to avoid punishment, but also to keep a clear conscience. Now, here's where we're going to get into the government good stuff here. Pay your taxes, too, it says. For these same reasons, for government workers need to be paid. They are serving God and what they do. Give to everyone what you owe them. Pay your taxes and the government fees to those who collect them. And give respect and honor to those who are in authority. And let me tell you what, church, that can be hard, can it not? Some of you might say, man, I'm not going to honor the current administration. I'm not going to honor the past administration. Whichever way you're floating on that, that's up to you. But listen, you can disagree without dishonoring. You can disagree without dishonoring. This is God's word, people. This ain't Mark Blakely's opinion. It's God's word. Comes straight from his word. We're to honor, church, our leaders. The fourth thing is this. We're we're to honor our spiritual leaders leaders. We're to honor our spiritual leaders. Man, in 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 17, it says this, the elders who direct the affairs of the church well are worthy of double honor, especially those whose work is preaching and teaching. 
Listen, I'm not trying to sound self-serving here in this instance, but the Bible says those who oversee the church, that they're worthy of honor. I'm talking about your teachers, your leaders, your preachers, your elders. They are worthy of honor. Man, those who are here on Wednesday night serving our kids, our kids that are here and also the kids who are coming in who don't know anything about the Lord Jesus Christ, they deserve honor. Those who are counseling, those who need someone to talk to, man, they deserve honor. I'm talking about notes. I'm talking about hugs, respect. Even if you disagree with them, church, they deserve honor. And why does honor matter? Why does honor matter? It is because, number one, it's not just right before God. Of course it is. But to be dishonorable actually hurts you. To be dishonorable actually hurts you. Anytime that you are dishonoring, it actually hurts you. Scripture teaches us this in Mark chapter 6. If you want to head back there with me. In Mark chapter 6, I want us to look at verses 4 and 5. It says, Then Jesus told them a prophet is honored everywhere except in his own hometown, among his relatives and his own family. And check out verse 5. And because of their unbelief, he couldn't do any miracles among them except to place his hands on a few sick people and heal them. Listen to me for a minute. Think about this. We know that Jesus could. We know that he could because he raised a child, right? He raised him from the dead, that little girl. He healed the bleeding woman who was bleeding for 12 years. And verse 5 doesn't say he would not. It says he could not. So in this text there, there, there was a lack of faith and a lack of honor, right? And when there was a lack of faith and a lack of honor, he couldn't do any miracles. Church, I don't fully understand this. I'm not going to pretend that I do. But I tell you what, but I know, I know this, a lack of faith and a lack of honor, the Bible says it limited what Jesus could do there. Unbelief can shut off that omnipotence. Unbelief insulates, it can isolate the power of God, and I still believe that it does today. So think, I wonder, I wonder for a moment, what is it that maybe God wanted to do for you? What is it that God maybe wanted to do for me, but he didn't because of lack of honor? Because I wasn't honoring him properly. That I wasn't doing the things that he called me to do. I wonder how many areas of Mark Blakely's life would be completely different today if I would have been honoring the Lord, my God, in a proper way. So how are we doing, church? See, we live in a world where we're writing everybody off. We're seriously, we're just writing everybody off, man, because they, they, they looked at you wrong, because they disagreed with you, right? Because you don't like something they said or, or they did. Man, I want to take you again back to Romans chapter 12, verse 10. And I read that to you earlier. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Honor one another above yourselves. Now I want to read you two other versions that came from the NIV. The NLT says this, love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. And then the ESV says this, love one another with brotherly affection, outdo one another in showing honor. It means try to outlove other people. I'm talking about trying to outgive other people, not that you're keeping track. You're just like, man, this is what I'm doing. I want to give generously. Try to out-cherish other people. Try to out-esteem one another. You know, 
Outdo one another in showing honor to other people, those people around you. Honor your father and mother, man, that, that, that sacrifice greatly for you. I think about that in my life. You know, I got the microphone. I'm going to say what I want to today. I think about my parents honoring my father and mother because, man, they sacrificed greatly for me. You know, my dad's gone. And, and he was a good man, very good man. I, I, think about, I think about my mom. Every time someone, I smile, someone says, man, you got a nice smile. I thank my mom because I had some jacked up teeth, and that lady sacrificed <laughs> to get me braces. She, I'm serious. She sacrificed heavily to get me braces. You know, I, I think I want to honor my spouse, my wife. Man, she's the best pastor's wife. She wants no recognition. She's willing to stand behind me, prop me up when I need it. And man, I need propped up some days. Man, I, I think about how, how we're called to honor our church leaders, church. Man, the, our elders here, our, our teachers, our leaders. Man, I tell you what, I am thankful for our eldership here. Some of them, man, I've been doing ministry with them over 25 years together because I used to be an elder with them. Man, I'm thankful for those guys. I really am. Man, I'm thankful for our youth leaders. Crazy thankful for them. For those of you who volunteer to work with our kids, that ain't no fun job sometimes, is it? Man, you come here on Wednesday nights, you got kids coming here. They honestly don't know how to act in church. Nobody taught them. Sometimes it's hard, but we love on them, and I thank you. Man, I want to honor you for that. I think about the youth leaders that invest in me. Pearl Duck, some of you guys maybe knew her. Man, she was my Sunday school teacher. Yeah, she, she taught me so, much th so many things when I was a little kid. She, she taught me that Father Abraham had so many sons. She taught me that in a song. I can still sing it to you today. Man, I, I think about Don Bunfill. Big dude, man. He, he was the one that served the teens here. Man, and he took a liking to me. He invested in me heavenly, even though me and my brother... We were sometimes the reason no one wanted to teach youth group. But he invested in me, and I'm thankful for him. I, I want to I honor him. Church, here's what else I want to do. I want to honor you, the church. I do. That you are willing to step out and do anything short of sin to bring people to know Christ. That you aren't afraid to dream. You're sitting in a dream here right now that people said was impossible. God made it possible. I'm thankful for you, the church, that you are willing to do what it takes to have a vision for God's church here in Wellsville. And last but not least, man, I want to honor Jesus Christ. Because you know what? He picked me up out of the muck and the mire, and he placed my feet on solid ground. And I believe you have the same testimony in that. And so, church, this is biblical. This is biblical. We are called to honor those around us. We are. You, you are set apart. You are holy for God. I want to share with you Matthew chapter 15 as I ask the praise team to come up here this morning. Man, in Matthew chapter 15, verse 8, and this is a very short verse, but it, man, it's got some meat in here. It says this. Jesus says, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. He's saying, you know what? They're treating me 
as common. They're treating me as ordinary. They're treating me as though I am not who I say I am. Church, do you realize who he is? Man, he is the Prince of Peace. Church, he is the Lamb of God, the Alpha and the Omega, right? The beginning and the end. He is soon, I believe with all my heart, soon to be the, re- the conquering, returning king. He is our Jesus, and we honor him with all our hearts. Church, we, we honor God when we honor people. We really do. And a way that you can honor God is begin by honoring people above yourselves. And I ask you, church, are you doing that this morning? I'm talking about when they are different. I'm talking about when they are wrong. Remember this, church. They are still his. They are still his. And those people need the same exact grace from you that you are asking your heavenly father for. They deserve the same grace that you need and that I need. And you know what? You realize this morning, for those of you who are in Christ Jesus, you are not common. You're not ordinary. And it's because his name is on you. His name is on you. I heard a story this past week uh, about Babe Ruth. He signed a lot of baseball cards in his time, but he signed seven home run bats, only seven. And he had a lot of them. And one of the bats went missing for decades. No one could find it. There was a lady who was taking care of a man. He was sick and dying. He had nobody. She was a nurse. She was taking care of him. And he wanted to give her that missing bat. He gave it to her. She accepted it, not really realizing what it was. And you know what? She put it under her bed, and it sat there for 18 years. And as the story goes, she she retired from nursing, and she always wanted to open a restaurant. And she remembered that bat. And she said, I wonder if it's worth anything at all. She took it for someone to verify, and it was verifiable. That lady sold that at auction for $1.3 million. Listen, church, I can go online right now and buy me a wooden Louisville slugger for $29. And it's ordinary. It's plain. You know what made that bat special? Because it had Babe Ruth's name on it. It had his name on it. And church, do you realize today, think about this. Do you realize today that you are special because Christ's name is on you? You are special. So that means you are set apart, that you have been contracted by your heavenly father to do something with the life that he's given you. So this morning, you might be sitting here, you're like, man, preacher, I don't feel any special. I feel ordinary because my whole life, everyone's told me I was nothing. Maybe the enemy has been also telling you that you are nothing. Listen, I'm here to tell you today that you are something. You are created in the image of God, and God has a plan for you. And first and foremost, his plan is for you to come to know Jesus Christ in a mighty way. And if you are sitting here this morning and you don't know Jesus personally, I am here to tell you he wants to know you. He wants to know you in ways you didn't know you could be known. So if that is you this morning, if you are sitting here realizing like, man, I don't have Christ in my life, I wanna encourage you, you come forward. You come down here today and man, we got people who will pray with you. Maybe you're saying, I don't need anyone to pray. I just wanna go before the Lord. You also have that authority. And if that's for you, come down here. Let God give you that life that he has already planned for you. Let him give it you a hope for your future. 
And for the rest of you believers who are sitting here this morning, do you understand you are set apart? His name is on you, and he's calling you to honor him. And maybe today you haven't been. Maybe you haven't been honoring God with your life. Maybe you haven't been honoring God with your testimony. Church, maybe you haven't been honoring God with the words that are coming out of your mouth. And listen, he wants you to honor him. You have been bought and paid for with a hefty price. So our only thing that we should want to do is honor him. So how about it, church? Let's stand together and let's sing. And I want to encourage you to respond this morning.